Welcome to the Speckled Truth Podcast. This is the only show dedicated to the conservation of the trophy trout population from the East Coast to the Gulf Coast. Here, we go below the surface to discuss what happens when science and anglers work together for a cause. So gear up with the crew as they talk about all things big speckled trout. Get ready for the slimy, salty truth, better known as the speckled truth. Hey everyone, want to welcome you back to the Speckled Truth Podcast. Captain Chris here, joined by Mr. John Blaha from CCA, Texas. Sir, welcome to the podcast. Chris, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to come and talk to you. I know we've we've talked about doing this for quite a while, and I know Shane and I had you on our podcast a year or so ago, but uh, again, just simply appreciate the opportunity and uh, see what we come up with today. Yeah, I was actually reflecting on that last night, believe it or not. Um, I think that was in 2018. Was it that long ago? It was, man. <laughs> and it's funny because, um, you know, thinking about just kind of reflecting on that and how far to some extent, maybe, and I appreciate you guys, you know, having me on that podcast, because that's kind of really when Speckled Truth kind of started to gain a little bit of momentum, um, but we're kind of in it together, right, right. and for Absolutely. the right reasons, and so I appreciated that platform, both you and, and Shane gave me that time to just speak, you know, on, on you guys' platform, we appreciate that. Yeah, well, and, you know, saying back at you, you know, the opportunity to have you on, and as well as, I know you've gone and spoke with the Lotus chapter, mm -hmm. and and a few, you know, I think uh, San Antonio mm -hmm. and New uh, Hill Country chapter, New Braunfels, and I mean it's a great message. It's it's something that everybody needs to take that message to heart and, and stand in the front of the mirror and take a look at it. Yeah, no, and I appreciate it. So um, I won't belabor the point though. So for folks that are listening, uh, and we have folks from here all the way up to Virginia, and so it's kind of a customary question. And that is, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with CCA. Yeah, um, I guess I, I grew up in Angleton uh, as a kid. Uh, actually, I was actually born in Louisiana. Okay, so I didn't know that. Wasn't there very long, maybe a few <laughs> months. My dad was in the Navy there. But anyway, landed in Angleton uh, and spent my entire childhood, um, my adult life until about 16 years ago when we moved to Rockport. Uh Love to fish. From uh, my mom gave me a picture uh, this Christmas when I was two years old with my cane pole. Okay. Uh, worked for you know, went through school, worked at Dow, uh, did instrument electrical work, and actually started volunteering for CCA uh, in 1990. Back then, it was Gulf Coast Conservation Association, and uh, that was I can't remember it's 89 or 90, right around then. That's about the time they broke ground on Sea Center, Texas, and hmm. was actually fortunate to be out there when they stuff the shovels in the ground that's cool. turn that first set of dirt but you know very active with the Missouri County chapter uh was active able to be a part of the uh state executive boards as a volunteer and then in 2002 just opportunity came up um and uh honestly kind of I'm, I'm gonna say fell in my lap but you know I was maybe ready for a change didn't really think about it much and then it was presented to me again. I really started thinking about it and um, labored over the decision for for a couple months. And then, uh, but once I pulled the trigger, I never looked back. And I think it's the best thing I've ever done. Mm -hmm. Now, for you and under kind of your uh, management or purview, kind of explain a little bit about kind of what you oversee and what you do as a result of yeah. CCA. Uh, I work. You know, we've got. I think there's eight. Eight of us, nine, eight, eight assistant directors for CCA Texan. We all have chapters. Um, I've got my chapters include San Antonio, uh, Corpus Christi, 
the Brush Country, uh, Rockport, Port Aransas. And uh, in addition to those chapters, I also oversee our habitat program. Uh, we started that habitat program in 2009, and uh, I got tapped on the shoulder to kind of be the, you know, the staff lead on that. And that's been a real enjoyable part of, of uh, the job for sure. So mm-hmm. uh, we work, you know, work with our volunteers. Uh, we travel. We try to make as many meetings as we can as the schedules allow. Uh, you know, we get certain times of the year events are overlapping. So we kind of, we have to prioritize where we go, where we don't go. Uh, but that's one thing I'll say about CCA Texas is we try to stay in constant contact with our chapters and we try to be in front of them. So we're certain times of year, we're on the road a lot and, yeah. uh, it's enjoyable. I've met a bunch of really incredible people, uh, through this, you know, through the job and have some lifelong friends, uh, because of that. That's cool. So uh, I know being at some of those chapter meetings that you've allowed me to speak at and the CCA chapter presidents have allowed me to speak at, um, listening to kind of your presentation, that's one thing I think it has been a little overlooked in terms of CCA's contribution is the habitat restoration. I know you touch on that a lot, right. and that's kind of under your purview. Um, but some of the projects that you guys do kind of go unseen you know what I'm saying? And, and not necessarily Absolutely. in kind of the, the public eye, if yeah. you will, but they yeah. do have tremendous. In, in, I guess it, it was uh, 2009. Uh, it was our, our, our winter meeting last meeting of the year and our executive board approved $250,000 to as seed money to kick off. We call it habitat today for fish tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it kicked off since that time. I mean, we've been able to, and primarily through the grassroots efforts of banquets and that type of mm-hmm. stuff. And I mean, that's why they're so important is, I think it's like, Oh, a little over $8.1 million in, wow. in habitat projects. And, uh, that's like 43 projects that we've been a part of everything from, uh, oyster reefs, marsh plantings, shoreline protections, uh, near shore reefing, mm. uh, you know, Cedar Bio, we contributed, you know, $1.6 million roughly to that project. Mm-hmm. Uh, so something we saw as an organization, you know, not only that's another thing for us to do and something that's extremely important, obviously outside the advocacy side of things, which is, you know, that's what created CCA was the advocacy, the mm-hmm. redfish wars and, and all that. But, uh, that's when we also really saw our membership kind of take off uh, to a different level. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it always been kind of steady, and then it really took off after that. And I, it's something our members can put their hands on. Uh, you know, if we have a marsh planning or oyster bagging event, we say, "Hey, come out and help." You know, they can actually put their hands on that and, and feel where their money's going, or they can see the results of a, of an oyster reef or a, an egri flats, for instance, you know, we partnered with coastal and basin estuaries and text dot and others to put in those new culverts there on the upper end of Copano Bay. And you see all that marsh coming to life and, mm-hmm. uh, you see immediate success by the salinity levels dropping. And it just, I mean, it's, it's the basis of the eco, a healthy ecosystem is a basis for a healthy fishery. No, you know, just plain yeah. and simple. Now, obviously we are, I guess through it and obviously you knew this was coming up but right this is a, a I would say somewhat of a historic event for me obviously mm-hmm. as a transplant to Texas right uh, for you Lowell Odom Mike McBride Jay Watkins David Rousey and the folks that I've spoken to about this particular fish kill let me rephrase that about this particular weather event mm-hmm. and the kind of lingering effects to that as it stems to fish kill uh, 
how does like CCA become or how are they kind of looking at this? You're absolutely going to see a lot of emphasis on, on our hatcheries, mm -hmm. uh, whatever those hatcheries need to, to ramp up. Uh, you know, we've got the hatcheries, the uh, CCA Marine Development Center in Corpus Christi. Our name's on that. We've yep. got Sea Center Texas. I talked about that was Sea Center Texas was a, a huge push by local volunteers there that helped get that up creating partnerships with Dow, mm -hmm. uh, Parks and Wildlife, and others to get that project up. You got Payar Bass. Whatever these facilities need, we're going to be there to help these facilities grow and, and ramp up as they see necessary. Uh, obviously, this event, uh, I mean, I, I, I was scared to death. I, I think a bunch of us were scared to death. But there's definitely been some, some uh, bright side, you know, I say bright sides to it. Any loss is a loss. But the, the fish in some areas definitely adapted other areas you know there was there was some heavy loss mm -hmm. so until parks and wildlife digest it all uh brings all the data together to see you know see what areas are hit the hardest and stuff like that then uh you know kind of in that pattern that's okay how's this going to evolve and where are the hatcheries going to need help what help are they going to need or you know is, what help are they going to need from the management side of things yeah. and and uh just the whole gamut of it so it's just gonna take it's gonna take a few months to evolve no doubt yeah uh, it may take a year to evolve mm -hmm. it just as you get through that legislative process if it gets down to to regulations and stuff like that uh, it's all gonna be based on science and you know cca for sure you know, the the fishery the ecosystem the resource is going to be first above all mm-hmm now, John Blaha, and in the CCA side, I'm interested in kind of both of your perspectives, mm -hmm. if you will, but from your perspective, because you're mm -hmm. a lifelong resident here along the Texas coast, how would you equate this to this event f to like 83 and 89 that we've heard so much yeah. of? 83, I remember somewhat. 89, I definitely remember uh, the ice. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's a ways back, but... I think there, you know, what I'm seeing right now, I think there's more kills, but I also think it's early. Mm -hmm. uh, we kind of took a little bit of a cruise yesterday, and I didn't necessarily see a lot of fish, but even leaving Goose Island and leaving the boat ramp, we saw 15, maybe 20 fish laying on the bottom in that little bitty channel coming out of there, mm -hmm. uh, out in front of the reserve, and uh, we met at several measures, and went, there's probably 15, 20 fish in the 20 24 inch range had one six pounders about 26 inches mm -hmm. and they were all on bottom now we went up into the canals of the reserve water temperatures definitely higher and we had had some floaters in there a uh, handful of floaters in there that were you know 18 to 20 inches uh so i think we really still have to see and once these waters warm up see what comes up and they may never come up we don't know chris yeah. i think the i think the real tell of the tape's gonna be what are we gonna see this spring when we're fishing in terms of production production okay what you know what's caught you know is yeah. it tough but after seeing the videos from jay uh seeing the videos from from some others um there's definitely some fish have survived you, yeah you I mean you see some of the i'm just gonna i would say the, the self, i'm gonna say selfish acts yeah. of some of the stuff going on in some of the harbors and stuff those fish obviously they they've survived let's we got to give them let's give them some time let's yeah let these fish have a break. Give them a chance, and and as things heat up, you know, hopefully it's it's going to be a 
a brighter light than 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 maybe we expected. So, so you think it's it wasn't as uh, as, as big of an event as eighty three? Right 89? now, right now, my personal opinion is I, I would say no, but that's a very small view of mine. Now, on mm-hmm. um, you know back then on the upper coast, I mean Bastrop Bio, Bastrop Bay, those guys got beaten bad. I mean mm-hmm. there was they were frozen. They mm-hmm. were bays were frozen, fish were dead. It was horrible. People. You know, you just scoop them up by the boatloads. And, yeah. Um, I just, right nice. now, I don't see it as that bad. But again, I still think we got some days to play out. No, sure. And so I think, uh, so Caleb McCumber um, mm-hmm. from Bite Me Podcast, right. Captain Caleb TV, he actually, I really, I really appreciate his efforts. But aside from that, um, I really liked his approach. And that was getting various guides really from Port Izzy looked like all the way up Jim. I think it was Jim. Hey, Jimmy West. Jimmy he West, ta- yeah, he, yeah, he in, talked to Chuck Ozzo up in Sabine. Yep. Yeah. So up and down the coast to kind of give a report mm-hmm. right now, this is, you know, he right on the heels of the actual freeze. And we right. really haven't seen that warming trend like we're seeing today recording this podcast. And so, um, it's still maybe a little too early to tell because as again, those yeah. fish, they got a bloat to float. Right. And exactly. And I was, you know, I was really surprised with what Jimmy West and those guys. Uh, can't remember the gentleman. Alan, Alan. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and they, it's like they really didn't see much of anything. Yeah. You know, they lay on the bottom, or you know, are they even there? Did they actually? You know, had they had enough time to acclimate and get in and sure and, and acclimate? So, but it looks like the and, lower coast got yeah, hit pretty hard. Yeah, there's parts of the lower coast that did. You know, and then it, it's like it's in pockets. You know, it's like. Just south of Mansfield looked like it had a pretty good kill. Just north of it had a pretty good trout kill. And then you got up towards Glasses, and it sounds like it was a lot of drum, redfish. Yeah. Uh, you know, did those fish slide off in the bottom of the Lanka? It, it's hard to say. It just, it's hard to say. I think the the big difference, in, and I know you're saying that, the big difference for sure between this year and, say, 83 and 89 is – we had a good cool down for a week leading up to it, probably. Mm-hmm. In '89, I can remember we actually had two freezes in '89. Uh, I can remember it being—I think it was February. We had a pretty hard freeze, and I remember uh, Buddy and I were actually fishing Oyster Creek, and it was cold enough that we had ice forming on our eyelets of our rods. Mm-hmm. And we we caught that Sunday. It front had come in; it had been really cold, and finally warmed up a little bit. But like I said, it's still cold enough to freeze ice on our lines. But we caught. Man, of course, I you know, oh, golly, maybe eight fish, but they're all five to seven pounds. Mm-hmm. Let them go, let them swim. And he got called out. He had to go to the plant. But then the next, I don't even know if it was a week later, then we had that really hard front. And it stayed cold for days. And that's where that kill hmm. evolved from. So mm-hmm. um, after that, you know, Bastrop Bow, again, just like 83, Bastrop Bow. Oyster Creek, all those little tributaries in there. They're just, the banks were covered with fish. Hmm. Now, one of the things I was talking with Mike McBride about um, is that, and it, from a historical context too, which is something you kind of think about, mm-hmm. is that in 83 and 89, um, you probably maybe had a l- little bit, maybe larger biomass of fish, right? And Very also possible. too, on the back end of the, you know, now we're seeing folks get kind of getting back to mm-hmm. fishing, resuming normal operations, you know, and like, oh, well, you know, that's where, you know, we were talking a little bit about it. It's like, I'm going to personally catch and release the rest of 2021 mm-hmm. just to give the fish a break and encouraging other anglers to do that voluntarily. And for no other reason, offend, like just give the fish a break, give the fishery a break. And here's why, because 
unlike 83 and 89, you know, listening to the Blackwoods, the world and all the folks that we've had in a podcast in previous years, man, the, the participation rates in the fishery is like 20 fold. Right. The participation is so much more. It's it's so that I think that's overlooked is that we maybe had a larger biomass of fish and less participation then. So those fish, that fishery maybe had a chance to recover kind of more naturally as opposed to now. We're going to have to, we've got to help mother nature and whether it's, it's individually, uh, and through the hatcheries, uh, and you know, just simply through decisions, whether they're regulatory or not regulatory, it's come, you know, we've got to look again. I I said earlier, you got to look in the mirror and what am I going to do to help take care of this? Mm -hmm. What am I going to do to help, you know, protect and make sure this resource is here for our kids and grandkids. Sure. Uh, I mean, we've got to, we don't have a choice, uh, you know, organizationally, you know, there's, you know, there'll be changes, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, our habitat focus, we've been focused pretty heavily on, on the near shore reefing stuff. Uh, and, and we've done a lot and that focus, it, it's going to have to, it's going to have to shift into the, you know, back, maybe stronger focus on the inshore. When we've been doing both at the same time, but I think it's definitely the inshore is going to carry, you know, carry a heavier focus uh, in the couple, you know, coming couple of years. Yeah, and so I think you kind of answered my next question, which is, what is CCA's approach to this event, and maybe some of the things that kind of maybe help jumpstart or kind of get the fishery back to what it was and kind of beyond. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to, you know, I said there's going to have to be changes, and I just it'll it'll be educating our, our membership mm-hmm. uh we've already got talks going just as staff you know guys we all need to we need our dr part you know that's mm-hmm. you know uh you're gonna see some changes in star okay i don't so, i have no idea what they may be or what, what i have no idea yeah. what it's gonna be i mean again it's early we we gotta yeah. see what plays out but yeah i fully believe there's gonna be some changes changes in star uh there's going to be changes in any chapter tournament we have. We're gonna we're gonna push catch and release. I, and there, we don't. I mean, we've got to. We've got to put yeah. that resource first. Yeah, because that's one of the things that um, I've seen at least on social media. Mm-hmm. Couple po- a couple posts have made it. I actually one of the guys posted it in the Speckle Truth group on Facebook and is like ban all summer tournaments. And I, I think that's a little bit that's kind extreme. of extreme. Extreme, but on the same yeah. token, is I, I understand. The point there, which is, yeah. say, again, kind of give Mother Na- Nature a chance to kind of rebound because we do have a lot of summer catch and kill tournaments. But in one of those that's labeled as that is a CCA star, yeah. admittedly, right? Absolutely. And so um, maybe not necessarily from a, you know, ban all tournaments in the summer, but we got to find different well, ways of I format. Think, well, I, I think we need different ways of format. And I think, you know, this John Blaha talking. Yeah. I think we need to look at ways that these tournaments put something back to the resource. Mm-hmm. Let's let's put something back to the resource. And uh, I mean, that's when we talk about star. I'll, I can have no problem standing on the podium, and we do put back to the to the resource. That's, yeah. Yeah. So what I heard you say is that you know still a little too early to tell, but Absolutely. it sounds like CCA star tournament format from a speckled truth i'm sorry speckled from a speckled trout uh category may change i, I think it may change i think all categories could potentially change okay i mean i, I, I just 
like I said, it's early. We got to see what happens. Uh, you know, everybody, everybody wants instant. They want an instant answer. They want instant access. Well, I mean, I know two or three of the guys that are on that committee and they're battling broken pipes and no heat for four or five days, mm-hmm. you know? So, Hey, we got to take care of ourselves too, you know, yeah. bottom line. But I, I would full, I would, yes, I fully expect some type of change. And mm-hmm. I mean, uh, you know, there's, there's, you obviously people are people. They're going to start conversations. Uh, I mean, it's no different than an organization. There's going to have internal conversations. I'm, you know, I don't know, but I can imagine Parks and has got all kind of internal cons- uh, conversations going yeah. on. Uh, but, you know, like I said, it, this is something that's going to evolve over weeks, months, a year, if not two years. What is the full effect of this? And we're going to, you know, we've got to all lean heavily on Parks and Wildlife uh, with the right science, whether you believe their science or science is right or not, it's it's consistent. Mm-hmm. It's been there a long time. So let's, let's give it a chance and see where it all plays out. Okay. Yeah, because – that, I think that's kind of the world we live in, mm-hmm. you know, with social media, Absolutely. instant gratification, you know, in terms of post it out there, immediately get a response, you know, and, and I think it's good and bad. Uh, obviously, the bad is, you know, you can jump the gun a little bit Absolutely. And, and things can kind of make irrational decisions not based off of fact. Um, but the good is, I think, and hopefully y'all see it, particularly maybe not only just John Blaha, but CCA Texas, CCA mm-hmm. National is that, man, you, you got a lot of people that participate in the fishery that I think really have the best interest in mind for the fishery. Absolutely. And want to give back. So, you know, how do you continue to encourage you know, that? And it's at, uh, you know, like a lot of, I'm going to say some of, you know, some of the ladies with babes on a bay, how can we help? How can we help? Mm-hmm. You know, how can we help? I mean, frankly, I, you know, I, I've said it multiple times, talking about the hatcheries and stuff like that support the local banquets i mean that's what these local banquets that is the main driver that is what feeds all of our habitat work that's what feeds the funds that go into the hatcheries so you know tend those banquets be a part of it you know if if hatcheries are something near and dear to you you feel very strong about it make a donation earmark for the hatcheries or earmark for habitat only it can't. It can't go anywhere else. It has to go to that hatchery, mm-hmm. ha- to the hatchery system, or it has to go to, to our habitat work. And I mean, we have people who do that all the time. And, and uh, you know, so as, as members, that's the way to do it. Uh, and just, you know, ed- educate your fellow anglers. You mm-hmm. know, talk with your fellow anglers. Don't. It doesn't have to be a knockdown, drag out, fist fight over whether you keep fish or not. And just say. Hey, let's talk about this. You know, yeah. let's give these guys a break. You know, how much is how much is too much? How much isn't too much? Yeah. Uh, let's let's walk through it and let's all put. We all have our hearts in the right place. Let's get as close to the consensus as we possibly yeah. can to make that fishery sustainable. Yeah, in in a collaborative efforts. Absolutely. Right. I mean, we're trying to you know speckle truth. We we work closely with release over twenty. Mm-hmm. Mainly because, again, I think it's it's not about regulation change. No. It's about mindset, right? That I actually want the it, it would be amazing, right? For you know Texas Parks and Wildlife to go, hey, our fishery is so good right now. Let's let's increase it to ten because we can self police ourselves. Mm, exactly. And you know what I'm saying? And kind of and that's getting to the root of the cause, mm-hmm. which is the mindset shift in the everyday angler, right? Is that hey, if I need to keep five, then I'll keep five, but it's not the reason I launch the boat. It's not the reason I go wade fishing. It's the and it's, it's the experience, right? <laughs> and so if you, right, we see it in the bass fishing world all the time. Absolutely. Is that there's still 
catching creel limits on every lake almost, right? But the mindset throughout that fishery is that it's a catch and release fishery. But if some folks actually do want to harvest it or take that fish home and put it on a mount, there's there's no other I mean, it's okay. You it's know? Absolutely. And so Yeah. I mean it's you know, we went fly fishing in Colorado, first time I've ever done it. And uh I mean I'm sitting here we're I'm walking in this yeah. in the river, making casts, seeing these fish, catching fish. You know, first fish I catch a twenty inch brown and it's like keep yeah. keeping a fish never even crossed my mind or much less anybody else's mind in that river. Um, and like you said, there's nothing wrong with keeping some fish, but God's sake, let's give them a little yeah. bit of break and let it, let's let this reset and let's, let's let it all move forward. And this fishery will be great. It, it I mean, it's already pretty dang strong, but let's, yeah. let's help it. Let's, we've all, we've all benefited from it from the standpoint of being able to fish it, being able to have some fish to take home and eat, uh, you know, businesses, from the guides to tackle industry, the boat industry, they've all benefited from from our resource. Yeah, let's take care of this resource so people can continue to benefit and continue to enjoy it. And I think that's the misnomer, right? Is because we're advocating for catch and release just for the remainder of twenty twenty one. It's totally voluntary, and Absolutely. I'm not like I'm not advocating for regulation change, but f- for folks that are so opposed to it, it's like. Democrats and Republicans it's like no man like I just have <laughs> the best interest for the fishery it, uh, and it's like it brings out such violent behavior oh, and totally inappropriate it's it's worse oh, I cannot tell you how many responses I've typed out in the last 48 hours <laughs> that I just set the phone down and let it sit there for a little bit and then go back and delete it it's just yeah. I mean every, I mean you know we we'd put some pictures out there on the babes in the CC Aranda's Bay deal and it was like those are Photoshop. Those are from years ago. And I walked down there. I didn't see any of those fish. Well, guess what? We probably walked down at two different times. And it, the cynical attitudes, and, and yeah. we've got to get rid of that. I yeah. mean, it's, come on. Nobody's trying to take anything away from you. We're not, nobody wants to take anything. People simply, some people have a more conservative mindset than others. And we all want to see that resource thrive, thrive. And, and b- again, I want to, when I'm 80 years old, I like to be able to go down there and catch a fish and not have to worry about it. I want my daughter, mm-hmm. hopefully she'll take up fishing at some point, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> put the surfboard. No, I don't ever want her to put the surfboard up, but you know, yeah. I mean, she's a lover of the water. I mean, she absolutely loves the water. She wants to see everything taken care of. she, you know stuff like long liners and gill nets and that stuff that upsets her uh i've said it many times i was involved with the surfing association for texas while she was growing up and she mm-hmm. went through it and and uh, sometimes i'd get so mad at recreational anglers because i see how they treat our resource from a standpoint of trash and stuff like that when i see this i'm gonna call them goofy hopefully i don't get in trouble by my buddies but all these surfers out there they police they take care of stuff and if you disrespect that resource you're gonna hear it yeah you know so everybody loves the resource we just got to take care of it yeah we got to figure out ways so i want to circle back uh to the cca star because it is a pretty hot topic uh particularly obviously and so you're saying that there's going to be some changes 
Yes, you know, I haven't talked to those guys, but yeah, I fully yeah. expect changes. But so, what are some misnomers, or what are some, um, you know, about CCA Star? Right. It, so it is, and you probably are well aware of this, but it's labeled as Texas's largest catch and kill tournament. Right. Is, is that is that true? Is no. that okay? I mean, I don't want to come off sounding, you know just denial or whatever. I mean, I pulled the specs. I pulled the stats on what trout were weighed in mm-hmm. since 2011, 2018. I didn't have the stuff for 19 or 20. Anywhere from forty-five to 50,000 members entered each year. Mm-hmm. I think the most fish that were ever killed in a single year, or I'm going to say weighed in. Mm-hmm. I mean, weighed in in a single year was about 69 fish. That's less than a half a fish a day for mm-hmm. 50,000 people. And as an organization, you know, when you're looking at pure numbers, I mean, it's not a killer. But as an organization promoting conservation, we need to make a change. Yes. That's my personal opinion. Uh, and like I said, with this event, we are going to push into it. Yeah. Well, there will be some changes. There's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. Um, what are those, again, what are those changes going to be? We, we don't know. Yeah. No, because the biggest thing is, you know, just one being – not necessarily transparent with the public, but giving them that knowledge, right? I mean, is that is that publicly digestible where people know and understand that? And if not, like, you know, why doesn't CCA I mean, maybe do a better yeah, job of publicizing that? You know, I, you'd have to ask Star that. <laughs> oh, yeah. So <laughs> I mean, I'm on the – and so everybody understands, we've we got CCA Texas. The Star Tournament's part of CCA Texas, but it's run by a three-person staff. They, I didn't know that. They okay. deal with everything. I mean, our, our, our focus is, is – Texas ADs. Our focus is the fundraising side of stuff, and um, I see, and and the advocacy side of stuff. We're working with advocacy through meetings, through attending hearings. You know, some of us actually attend hearings and testify. Uh, the Star tournament. It's it's a membership function. It's basically been a zero budget uh, uh, part of the organization for years. Mm-hmm. Uh, frankly, last year a lot of people fished and. Uh, with some some adjustments in the deal, it it helped. Star actually got us helped push us through the year last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were still able to to do. Uh, I think it's like about four hundred thousand dollars worth of habitat work mm-hmm. uh, through through different funds that we'd raised and approved early in the year before the bottom fell out of everything. Yeah. So it Star's function is primarily a membership function, and it always has been. Uh, we've uh, there's there's been changes changes throughout there. There's been great s- corporate sponsorships of that that help. You know, in 2018, it was golly, was it about six and six and a half million dollars worth of educate you know scholarship education to the kids and the youth. I, which if it's six and a half then it's probably roughly seven and a half now. You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, maybe not quite there. Seven point three or so. Uh, just have to look at those numbers. You know, find those numbers. Uh, but it, a lot of people associate CCA, you know, CCA is star. It's so much more than that. Star's advertising in the last few years has really started focusing uh, on some habitat stuff. Mm-hmm. Those guys have done great. Uh, some of the media partners and stuff, they put together some great uh, habitat videos and stuff like that as part of the advertising. Uh, so it's, it's much more that part of it is to educate those members Okay, you're fishing a tournament. You're a member of CCA Texas. You have you have some great opportunities. You have wonderful opportunities for your kids to potentially earn scholarships. Uh, 
and it's a great uh, education mm-hmm. effort as well. And and that could always improve every day. Everything we do can improve on a daily daily basis yeah. as far as educating our members. No doubt about it. Yeah. So obviously with COVID, and that's yeah, that's a crazy thing to think about is that we just went through like a natural disaster in the midst of a pandemic. Mm-hmm. If you really think about it, it's no. like pretty unprecedented times yeah. right now. Right. But but um, I mean. You know, thinking about COVID and its impact on CCA, obviously you couldn't have banquets and things of that yeah. nature. And so, oh man, it was. Uh, so CCA stars kind of, it sounds like, picked up the tab for that for it, this year. I'm not, well, we just, we made a lot of, you know, we just, we, we made a lot of cuts. And, and when I say cuts, we, you know, obviously weren't spending money, but as ADs, we, you know, we worked our tails off doing these online auctions and mm-hmm. they were, they were wildly more, uh, successful than we could have imagined mm-hmm. uh, especially the facebook live deals that we did we did three of them they were just it was wonderful that's fantastic we've got yeah. wonderful support from our members just like in those facebook live deals our members were donating trips you know you know stuff that you wouldn't normally get you know mm-hmm. new guy hunts all kind of stuff like that uh so our members really really stepped up in, in a time uh with the the other thing i really noticed uh on these online auctions and is we started touching some people that we don't normally touch. Because, uh, you know, we just talk to people. You know, what chapter are you involved in? Well, I've never really been involved, but, you know, my buddy's involved, and he told me about this, and I can't wait for y'all to do those again. I can't wait to go to one of y'all's banquets. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I looked y'all up, and y'all, y'all do some really cool stuff, you know, especially the Habitat stuff. That's really cool. And then you start telling them, well, you know, we're real involved in hatcheries and stuff like that, and they just perks them up that much more. Uh, like I said, again, stars of membership driving deal star did well last year because they adjusted their budgets. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they really, they took a different approach in marketing, uh, as they went really heavy on, on social media, went really heavy on emails, which frankly kind of drives me a little bit crazy on the yeah. emails. And I hope we didn't lose some people, uh, uh, from that email database, but you know, you know how everybody is with spam and stuff. Yeah. I don't see it as spam, obviously. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a good, good, good year for star. Uh, But my personal opinion mm -hmm. is that I think if CCA star turn changed, I can't talk today. If CCA star changes the format Mm -hmm. from a speckled trout category and then either, uh, implements like a CPR category Mm -hmm. or something along those lines to kind of help mitigate the stigma of it being a catch and kill tournament right right? i personally believe that a lot more people would actually participate because there is an alternative to bringing the fish in because let's face it we are actually kind of evolving to a more uh conservation minded mindset and i think a lot of people with that stigma of knowing that hey i would participate in star but i don't want to get i want to kill a fish i catch and so now like if you implement like a cpr like Heck, and still, you know, participate and start, potentially win some, you know, of the big prizes that yeah, you guys I, have. But now I don't have to kill the fish. Yeah, you know? I mean, there's, you know, you got the tag redfish division. I mean, there's yeah. alternatives out there. We've got, you know, sheep's head. We've got gaff top. <laughs> we don't have drum. Yeah. You know, we do, you know, flounder. You know, that's been a touchy one, honestly. Yeah. Uh and he's still, you got the offshore division still. It's mm-hmm. a whole different chain, you know, whole different uh, group of anglers. Uh, like I said, bottom line, there's, you know, there's, there's 
going to be, you know, there'll be some changes just I, until these, yeah. this next few weeks and months, you know, evolve. We'll, we'll see what come, yeah. rolls out of it. This season, we'd like to recognize one of our newest sponsors, and that is Down South Lures. From their regular four-inch southern shad to the five-inch supermodel and versatile three-inch burner shads, it's easy to see why these baits have become a go-to for many Texas anglers. Designed with their unique hybrid tail, its natural swims-in-the-fall action produces big trout not only here in the Texas coast, but across all estuaries. Aside from that, though, they're made right here in the USA. So be sure to support this Texas brand that supports you in pursuit of that next big bite. Humbly started making shirts for a few local fishermen. Rooted in simplicity and utility, Reel's minimalist approach is a reflection of what binds the fishing industry together. Now found throughout many coastal retailers, their lineup of comfortable and functional gear aims to make your time in the water a success. So next time you're gearing up, wear what guides wear and consider Reel Sportswear. Mirror Lure is an iconic inshore fishing lure company found in every angler's arsenal. From their legendary lineup of lures such as the Top Dog and Catch 2000 to their versatile soft plastics like the Little John and Marshmallow, these lures not only catch fish, but have produced for decades. So whether it's a 17MR or a Paul Brown Series Fat Boy, always remember to tie on a mirror lure and turn on the bike. Texas Custom Lures and the original Custom Corky have been podcast sponsors for the first two seasons and we're incredibly appreciative. This Texas brand with inputs from the most respectable guides across the Texas coast complete every big trout angler's arsenal. With great fish catching colors, my personal favorites, Texas Turnip, Bay Mistress, Plum Nasty to name a few, it's easy to see how these things produce time and time again. So next time you're targeting that next big bite, I highly encourage you to fish the original custom Corky. And remember, the big girls aren't colorblind. So the hatchery, so uh, I want to go to that now, is uh, so two of them, Sea Center, Texas, mm-hmm. and the one is it in Flower it's Bluff? Marine Development Street? Center, CCA Marine Development Center in Flower Bluff, yeah. Okay. Down off into Water and Road. Do y'all do a lot of releases into... The, on on the hatcheries, uh, and I, I, I'm sure you saw, you probably saw Shane's video uh, we mm-hmm, posted. Yep. Uh, and actually, I'm going down to uh, Flower Bluff tomorrow to do do a little deal with uh, Ashley Vincannon down there. They, uh, you know, redfish, speckled trout, any species they do in those hatcheries, they Parks and Wildlife is very stringent about. Okay, I've got broodstock. They're not going to intermingle the broodstock. They're not going to take broodstock from uh, Corpus Christi and breed those fish and release those fish in East Maddie. East Maddie. Mm-hmm. They, they're not going to do it. They're going to make sure that those genetics are the same and keep them in those areas. Uh, so, you know, Sea Center, Texas, obviously concentrates primarily uh, on the upper coast and down, uh, in, even down as far as Rockport sometimes, depending mm-hmm. on the species, if it's redfish or speckled trout. Um, the, uh, you know, the Marine Development Center in Corpus Christi obviously is the lower part of the coast, uh, you know, from Corpus Christi and South, maybe I'm going to say even Ranges Pass and South, uh, the, if you look at the video, you'll see, you know, in a trout, you know, there's got to be basically 25 brooders and that includes the male and females mm-hmm. within a tank for the trout for the redfish. There's typically five. I think it's 
three females and two males typically in, in the redfish redfish tanks. But the deal about these uh, these hatcheries is they do between speckled trout and redfish they do have the ability to switch over their focus. Okay, we're we're ramping the fo- focus on the hatchery up purely for spe- speckled trout, mm. uh, or we're going to ramp it up purely for 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 uh, redfish. Redfish. You know, we just. Uh, we just contributed, you know, finished up the uh, new f- uh, flounder hatchery uh, at Sea Center, Texas. And I think we kicked in like $325,000 to build that building and provide some of the equipment. That one's coming online. Uh, that, uh, lot, again, you know, Shane, we did a video with Shane here mm-hmm. a few weeks ago on that one. Uh, so we're going to continue to support those if, if they – I mean, they, our names on them. We, you know, we yeah. help start those things. We're going to support them and continue to help them grow and help, help parks and wildlife wherever they need the help to get things done. But they do introduce finkelings into the absolutely. fishery. Okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And was, I, I was, I was. That was actually, I was trying to get old, old Shane on the way up here, and that actually, I forgot what I was going to ask him. If that was a number, see if he had any numbers off the top of his head. I, mm-hmm. I couldn't find my stuff from from last year, but I mean, it's yeah, thousand millions of fish that that are introduced uh, throughout so the, the fishery. Yeah, so the ones in Flower Bluff or in that hatchery probably get reintroduced, like you're saying, yeah. kind of in that Middle Coast area. Wherever that broodstock came yeah. from, that's where they're going to get introduced. And that's cool, yeah. right? And so I did a I did a podcast with Ange- Angelo Cepedos, uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast Research Lab, and basically kind of same thing, is that if you wanted to even participate, what you could do is actually sign up with the Gulf Coast Research Lab. You could catch fish bring them in live they would basically sanitize the fish to some extent before introducing them into their broodstock because if you have one kill or introduce something it can really wipe out a a lot right so they do in their very scientific way make sure that they're doing their due diligence to make sure that they're but the point is is they would only take fish from a certain area like you're saying to capture those genetics reintroduce them into that area now whether those fish you know go one way or the other that's a different story but the point there, though, is is that anglers that participate in a fishery were able to participate in the hatchery mm-hmm. production as well. Right. In terms of, and so does CCA or, or any of those allow well, the, anglers to? Yeah, the uh, the actually the the babes on Baffin tournament. It's a much smaller tournament in, in Corpus. Uh, for years, they've always brought the hatchery traders in and. Uh, okay promoted that you know really pushed hard to promote that as as a uh, it's held in october cooler months a little easier to manage with Mm -hmm. and held it as a a opportunity to bring in redfish and trout specifically that was i think one drum one trout one redfish was kind of kind of the three species Mm -hmm. one of each you could weigh and uh but you got live live fish bonuses and there's a fair amount i'd say half the teams participated in it uh, from that standpoint, but those fish would go to the hatchery as part of yeah. the broodstock. I know the Corpus Christi chapter for for years. I, I don't. They do it maybe on an annual, semi-annual basis. Uh, they had real close ties with the hatchery people down there, and they would go when say the hatchery needs some broodstock uh, in Mansfield. I'm just going to throw mm-hmm. a place yeah. out there. They would, you know, there's several of the guys would go down with with uh, Parks and you know Wildlife. Uh, people and, and they'd help them catch broodstock to put in those tanks. Uh, I know uh, f- the flounder when Sea Center Texas first kicked off its fl- some of the flounder studies and stuff. And this was, this was years ago. 
uh, they would, uh, we had some guys around chocolate bio and, and bass rock bio that, that helped, that helped Parks and Wildlife secure broodfish by, you know, catching them. I mean, there was, okay, look, we need single hooks. We need, you know, try mm-hmm. to be barbless. Let's take care of these fish. Uh, and the tank was, you know, had to have your number one. Yeah. Got to have your boat set up for it. Yeah. If your boat's not set up for it, it's a worthless effort. Uh, but they would transport those fish to a trailer and then take them to hatchery and and uh, and take care of them. So uh, you know, years ago, you know, some of the early tournaments and you know, Legends does it. These there's several tournaments that do it. There's ways to do it. Yeah. Uh, so um, it's a lot of it, especially when you're dealing with the trout. I think we all know certain times of year. It's just it's yeah. there's a lot of great studies out there that show great survival rate, but people have to be able to take care of their stuff. Yeah. Because the pulse that I'm getting, at least from folks within the, that participate again in the fishery, is that man they're they're willing to they're willing to help, right? They're willing to kind of put their equipment, you know, it, or use their equipment and other things to mm-hmm. do anything, right? To, sure. To to give back to a resource, even financially. I mean, I've had folks like, hey, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna fund a trout hatchery release. Well, how do they do that, right? And so you told them before, hey, look, if you really want to do that, maybe write a check to or check you, something you, to CCA earmark CCA Texas. This is earmarked for for hatcheries. Mm-hmm. And that's the only place that money can yeah. go. Yeah, because I guess the bigger thing is like, man, you have, again, people that are out there wanting to participate in the good stewardship mm-hmm. of their resource. And mm-hmm. so I'm just trying to give them ways of, sure. of and, and just, ways in which they can participate, you know? And I'll, I'll, I don't want to – Because you, see it, on a, you yeah. see it on a state oh, level. I, I right? get it on, on a crazy bit. And I don't want to get real deep in the weeds here, but just, you know, we talk about, well, how do I know that money is definitely going to go there? Well mm-hmm. – we have to do an annual audit every single year. We do an annual audit, and it gets more intense every single year. <laughs> yeah. We have to, and that's just, you know, that's our, well, number one, it's our leadership demanding demanding it. But you you have to report that. So that money's not going anywhere else. It's going to that hatchery mm-hmm. or wherever it may be, you know, yeah. wherever you designate it. I mean, we have, hey, I've got a great example, uh, Lone Star Breweries. Uh, they contacted us last year uh, through the Austin chapter. Uh, Austin chapter's got a lot of great connections. You know, uh, amazingly, Austin chapter is our largest fundraising event. Uh, and probably our, you know, Austin, San Antonio, pretty much the same as far as number of attendees. Uh, number two behind uh, uh, Corpus Christi. But through that connection, through those sponsorships they've had, through their banquets, Lone Star, one of the guys was very involved with Lone Star Breweries and said, well, we want to make a contribution to to Habitat. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are funds we've set aside for Hurricane Harvey Relief Funds, and we want these to be used for Habitat, and it has to be used in the Rockport area. Hmm. I mean, we do stuff like that all the time. So, and that's... that's where those funds are going. You know, I've got about a third of it spent right now on some moisture restoration work uh, in St. Charles, and I still got a chunk of it to spend and uh, just kind of waiting for some projects to come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we work with our partners. Uh, our support of our habitat is, um, is is financial advocacy if we need to knock mm-hmm. on some doors and stuff like that. And, you know, those dollars are quote non-government dollars mm-hmm. that allow other grants to be secured and stuff like that so you know circling back to it again you know if, if somebody wants to make a donation they you know 
earmark it. I want it specifically. I mean, you can even go as far as say, I want it for C Center Texas, or I mm -hmm. want it for MDC Center. So, uh, uh, next question I have is, it's along those lines, just to kind of show maybe the connection uh, of not only CCA Texas but to CCA National, mm -hmm. right? Uh, and we have a lot of listenership up in the East Coast, uh, Virginia, North Carolina. Obviously, North Carolina going through their Gilnet issue right now, and it sounds like CCA North Carolina is kind of willing to fight the good fight. Yeah, they they've been and trying so, for years, you know. Yeah, that's that's a battle. Up do you there. see that? Do you see? Man, any of that? I don't really get involved with that. I, I talk to every now and then. I may have a conversation with somebody up there, and uh, I've had some friends up there, and I'm like, man, you can't believe what the battle is. I'm saying it sounds like here back in the back in the '70s again, yeah. and. Uh, why North Carolina has been so far behind that curve, I, I, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they didn't even have a recreational fishing license till I don't know, it hadn't been that around that long. Wow. And, uh, and, you know, I don't know if it's leadership within the, in, within the recreational fishery up there. I mean, uh, I know CCA North Carolina's fought it hard and a lot of pushback. And, uh, you know, it's like I had yeah. one guy tell me, had one guy tell me, he goes, Oh yeah, they they know who I am. You know, he's he was a volunteer, and I, the guy's name escapes me. But he said, if I go out fishing by myself, I got I've got a shotgun. In the yeah, he said it, it's it's still the wild west at times. It's crazy. Yeah, because you know, again, you being kind of at the state level, but again, as part of a large, very large organization, CCA and CCA National. Mm -hmm. I didn't know how much you know reach that you guys yeah. have internal to you know from from a from a fundraise from a pure fundraising standpoint, uh, the dollars we raise in Texas they stay in Texas okay. they they never leave the state. Those are Texas dollars. Okay, membership is a national function, and that uh, is what funds the national that works up in Washington and mm -hmm. deals with all those issues. Uh, they manage the membership program, you know, the membership process. Uh, they manage Tide Magazine. Uh, but that is membership's the only national function. That's the only dollar that ever quote leaves the state. If you mm -hmm. want to say anything leaves the state, it's membership. Uh, without that, nat and you know, nat it's a trickle down deal. You've got issues that affect us nationally. They're going to trickle down and affect you on a local level. Mm -hmm. And that's everything from water issues to near shore species, uh, to the management of, you know, you see all the Manhattan wars, mm -hmm off of Louisiana yep. well that's knocking right on our door you know mm -hmm. that's right there so uh but every single dollar that's raised in Texas it stays in Texas so, it does not leave and that's pretty much state yeah and every, every dollar state. Louisiana every dollar Louisiana Mississippi Alabama da, da, da. and so yep. forth yeah, okay got it you know and yep. uh, you know it's like yeah it's you know so people be confident their money's mm -hmm. staying here now what are if you don't mind sharing uh and if you can or if you can't that's fine too but what are like some top three concerns slash objectives that CCA national or CCA Texas is kind of teeing up for 2021 and maybe going Man, forward I think for 2021. Uh, when, when you look at, a on a national level, uh, I think snappers fixing rear its ugly head again mm -hmm. with, with national marine fisheries, uh, kind of the, the word I'm getting is that's fixing rear its ugly head again and really try to reduce our seasons. Uh, speaking solely for Texas, uh, you know, habitat, there's still work to be done in habitat. Uh, I feel like there's still work to be done within the oyster 
within the oyster management of the oysters. Mm-hmm. Uh, oysters right now, they're they're it's a derby. You know, it uh, it, it's an absolute derby. You you saw that they shut down the public waters in Galveston, and it was just a matter of days, and they it's all crazy. they all popped up in Aransas Bay and Copano Bay. Uh, it's so crazy. I, I, you know, I, I, there's so much more that can be tightened up there, uh, mm-hmm. and it's on that deal the fishermen are going to fish they're those those oyster fishermen are going to fish they're supplying to wholesalers and wholesalers are supplying to restaurants we got getting those wholesalers and getting those restaurants and and start you know tackling that Mm -hmm. issue then that's going to take care of any fishing issues that you have Mm -hmm. because that market's simply is not going to be there uh a lot of great help with with the CCA Texas and Shane, uh, the guys, uh, his name, Brad Lomax, and other from Water Street restaurants and others. You know, finally we have an oyster mariculture bill in, in Texas <laughs> that deals with oyster mariculture. I think once that gets going and we start getting some oyster farms out there, uh, that's going to take a lot of pressure off that half shell market. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that half shell market is a lot of that's a lot of the driver I think for the undersized oysters you see I mean prior to 2017 there was you know citations and you know missed, little misdemeanors issued where 60, 60% or more of their sack might be undersized oysters and that's that's close those gaps let's close the gaps mm-hmm. if you gotta make it hurt make it hurt but they need to respect that resource as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think uh, you're going to see, you know, water quality is always an issue uh, that has been for years. Uh, we basically retain, we have a water attorney that we hold to, to watch that. Somebody constantly watching permits. Mm-hmm. In, in my home waters, uh, you know, the, the Port of Corpus Christi, I know uh, lots and lots of people have worked hard on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see the Port Aransas Conservancy and others doing battle, and when we're there's, there's going to be growth. There has to be there's going to be growth. The country lives off the economy, but we have to do it in a way that is uh, advantageous to to the resource and takes care of the resource too, because mm-hmm. that resource is a huge part huge part of the economy as well. Yeah, absolutely right. I mean, it's it's billions of dollars. Yeah, uh, that's it's and, a it's amazing what a little freckle fish in in the freckle fish, the red fish. Oh, I mean, you it, know the drum. You know, uh, hey, let's face it. I mean, you go around Rockport. Yeah, there's a ton of trout caught. A lot of focus on the trout and the red fish, and but there's a lot of focus on that drum too. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of those guides and they're hey, a little eighteen twenty inch puppy drum. That's some dead gum good eating. Yeah. You know, that's some great table fare. That's what Blackwood when uh, we when I did that podcast with him, yeah. he's like, Man, that's all a target now. Because oh, they're they're great table fare. Yeah. It takes the stress off the oh. speckled trout population yeah. and and so, uh but, they're fun to catch. But yeah, you you can go to go to the clean table at Goose Island or <laughs> or even, you know, at that Cove Harbor and uh you in the summertime that's that's pretty good chunk of what's coming up on that table yeah. is the drum and uh, you know i chris i think um the, the good in it all the the good of it all is i think we do have a younger generation is they're growing up with a more 
conservative mindset. Mm-hmm. So I, I think this will continue to grow. Uh, not saying there's not those out there that think fish is there forever. Uh, but I always, always talk, you know, uh, used to talk to Rousey a lot and, uh, you know, as life goes, you just, I mean, not, we don't talk. I mean, it's not that we don't talk, but we just, you know, whatever, we don't talk as much for mm-hmm. whatever reason or the other, but some, I would always say to him was like, it's gotta be peer to peer. I mean, I've said that to a lot of my buddies, it's gotta be peer to peer. And I mean, I got friends that I'll start getting on and. Well, why? I mean, why can't I take fish? I'm not telling you don't take fish. It's kind of like you said earlier. Just take what you need. Let's let yeah. some go. Uh, yeah. And it's whether it's speckled trout, whether it's drum, sheep's head, redfish, whatever it is, just, just take just take what you need. I mean, I get the whole argument about, I say I get it, and I'm not going to tell you I agree with it, the whole argument well, well, I came all the way from Lubbock to fish for a week. I ought to be able to take back whatever I want to take back. Come enjoy the experience. It's not about yep. everything in that box. Enjoy the experience. You know, hopefully you get, you know, when you're fishing with some of these guys, like like a Watkins, like a Rousey, like, you know, uh, these different guys like this, like a JT Van Zant. I mean, these guys are talking about the fishery, what they see, mm-hmm what that bird does when that bird comes down when that fish is here when that, i mean it, it's educate we all need to educate and it's it's not about how quick i can get back to the dock mm-hmm. and that's that's recreational guys that's the recreational guides the individuals that's everybody let's enjoy what we have let's take care of it and you know what if we got to put a little peer-to-peer pressure on another one another then let's do that and educate each other now don't punch me for asking this question i'm sorry john (laughs) but uh what are some what are some other like misnomers or what are some other things that like cca texas maybe is aware of that the public perceives them as which is not true does that make sense yeah i'm just kind of like the the equivalent would be some something similar to that of like the cca stars being well i mean it's like you hear it from both sides honestly you hear you may hear from one side you know all y'all all you want to do is you work with commercials trying to keep them in business or you got five or six guys in the office making a decision or uh y'all want to make everything catch and release y'all are horrible y'all want to put us all you know you want to you want to put all the flounder people out of business you mm-hmm. want to put all the shrimpers out of the business we want the resource to be sustainable Mm-hmm. We want everybody to benefit from it and to benefit from it in a way that the resource, again, stays sustainable. Mm-hmm. Uh, our organization works on a committee system. And when I say, you know, we've got our local chapters. Every chapter president's part of the state board. But then we've got, you know, we've got our management committees. We've got our habitat committee. We've got our, our governmental affairs committee. Uh, you've got our parks and wildlife committee. So like, you know, for instance, parks and wildlife committee, they deal with the game wardens, uh, say coastal fisheries when they mm-hmm. have requests for money, that committee looks at it. Yes. They go through the process, weeding it out. Yes. That's a good, uh, no, that's not a good deal. Or, 
hey, y'all brought a quote from XYZ company. Let's get a quote from ABC company. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's leverage our members. I mean, we got we got some guys on our boards that they're connected in from the, in a business sense to, that allows us to help Parks and Wildlife or whoever get to get better equipment at a better price. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that all you know, that phones up. You know, it'll pass through management and go to to the state board, the executive board for final approval. So it's our staff is there to help manage our chapters. Our staff is there to to help bring data to our to our committees and and to help steer the ship yeah um so it's not just three or four guys sitting in the office making some arbitrary decisions yeah Uh, the uh because transparently um you know i mean we've been at the biloxi boat show and the mm -hmm. mobile boat show um had a chance to actually talk to director uh, likely yep um in alabama but in mississippi you know, we're, we're in our booth. We have like live trout, you know, mm-hmm. we're advocating for the resource. We're trying to bring this connection between a member and the fishery and just trying to grow that love and appreciation and create that passion to want to take care of that resource. And so we see ourselves kind of doing the execution arm of like CCA, you know, and on around the corner, CCA is, you know, selling memberships or giving away koozies or whatever it is. And so we're like, man, come on CCA, like help us out here. But I understand too, because I'm a victim of it in my everyday job, which is in the Air Force, is that it's a large organization, the Air Force. And so there's some bureaucracy there associated with a lot of, you know, the decision-making as opposed to speckled truth. Me and three other guys can make the decision if we want to go work Houston yeah, Fishing exactly. Show this yeah. week. So I see the agility now, and I yeah. understand that yeah. internally. And it, it's, uh, but it's still, hard to, it's still hard to pat, like, it's still hard to swallow, like, sure. come on, man, we're, yeah. we're trying you know, to help It's you. like, it, something everybody's got to remember, too, is, you know, these volunteers, our leadership, they're not, you know, they don't make a single dime. This is all on their time, mm-hmm. their effort, and some of them have been with us a long time, some of them not as long, but they all have the same thing you and I have, and that's a love and a passion for the resource. Mm-hmm. Uh, but... You bring all that up. You, you said the, it's a big organization. It's got yeah. to to make a you know deal. I uh, I went through an interview process uh, when when Robbie Byers became our executive director. Pat Murray was our executive director at the time. He was going to National to do some stuff for National, and I had the opportunity to interview for that job as well. And, and Robbie had a few years on me, and and you know it absolutely the right choice that you know Robbie was in that job. You know was chosen for that job. Uh, Robbie's got a great vision on, on just day-to-day operations kind of. Uh, he's got a great uh, first gut instinct on things, mm-hmm. and he, he really does. But but anyway, in that interview, one, one, of the, uh, one of the guys in the interview said, what is the one thing that you dislike about the organization? And I'm like, God, I'm sitting here in this interview, and I'm, he's asking me to tell him what I don't like about the organization. And I sat there for a second, and I finally I was like, the glacier movement to get things done. And just like you said in the Air Force, I- I'm sure it feels like a glacier moving. Well, it, it's <laughs> funny. A lot be- of times. It's funny because I was talking to uh, Darren Jones earlier this week, and he knows because he has some military ties stateside to get things done in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes a glacier movement. Downrange, when you're in a thick tip of the yeah. spear, you're – if people have if resources are available and bodies are available and that's what you need, you get it done. Right. Whether 
You don't look at policy. You look at mission. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I think we tactically, Speckled Truth, other organizations release over 20, have a little bit more tactical presence because we have the agility to move, to right? Move. Sure. Yeah. As opposed to like CCA where yeah. it's a little bit more, again, of that large bureaucratic organization where they're, it's a little bit tougher. Right? Sure. Yeah. Like I said, it's been around for 40, what, 43, 44 years, you know, since 77. So. It's been pretty successful in the way the organization sure. works, and and uh, you know there's been changes that you know like I said the, the change and I think it was '99 when it went from GCCA to CCA mm-hmm. that was that was a big move and a very necessary move because because uh, national policy affects local state and local policy mm-hmm. it it all trickles down whatever that issue may be uh, then you know how the organization changed. Then we changed 2009. We created this habitat initiative. Mm-hmm. Uh, other states started creating habitat initiatives. Uh, you're, you're touching another part of the resource to make that resource better. Mm-hmm. I mean, advocacy working in the legislature, that's, that's going to be a backbone there forever. That's not going to go away one way or another. And well, it has to be science-based. Uh, I think, there's sometimes where you may make some decisions that are, I don't want to say economic, just uh, socially based perhaps. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even know if that's the right word. Uh, but we have to have good science. Advocacy is always going to be there. The habitat's going to be there. Mm-hmm. We have to educate our members. We made a hire a year ago. Uh, Kevin Hickson's running all our social media and doing all that now. That's been a, to me, that's been a, a, a great change. Mm-hmm. We've got some, I mean, he's literally, that's that's his job. He runs all our social media, our website stuff. He takes care of all that. So that's educating that that member. Uh, we're going to start stepping up like this deal with Shane. We've done the flounder deal. We did the hatchery deal last week or this week, past week. I'm going to do the one in uh, Corpus next week. Again, another avenue, another way to educate our members and our non-members that, mm-hmm. that you know follow the organization and and talk about the importance. Uh, we've done a couple of things with Habitat on those videos. Uh, so the, the world is in a social media realm mm-hmm. in this day and time. I mean, it's, it's not going to go away. Yep. Uh, it's the absolute devil sometimes. <laughs> Yes. I think we all know that. Yes. <laughs> right I, now, yes. I could feel some of your pain this morning. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, for me, you keep doing what you're doing. You're doing the right thing and, and keep keep pushing that education and the importance that we take care of it. Uh, sometimes you might – you're going to have to feel like you got to have some leather or body armor on, but that's, that's part of it, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, every now and then I'll – I'll have a buddy or somebody who can sense or he'll see me make some kind of snide comment on social media or something. And, uh, he goes, uh, having a good day. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yep, yeah, you know it, buddy. Yeah. Mean, but that's, that's, you know what? If, if we weren't at the top of the game and doing the right thing, we wouldn't be getting those Chris. No, I, I would agree there. And that's a lot of the comments that I got actually with my post this morning. <laughs> Per, on my personal page was like, dude, haters are going to hate. And the reason they're hating is because, you know, you're doing something. Uh, yeah. you, and so, uh, anyway, uh, it's with pure intent. 
man, yeah. I have nothing to gain here financially or anything like that. And so just for all the listeners out there, it's not like I'm making a gazillion dollars. Actually, I make zero dollars and zero cents off Speckle Truth, which is hilarious. Um, but I, I just love it, man. I love being able to talk to you. I love being able to share uh, things within our community that I think need to be talked about. Some of them taboo, some of them yeah. that just maybe are misnomers and things of that nature. But we do it. I do it, man, with just pure intent and passion. And so um, my last question to you, John, is is really is really to uh, the last question I have for you, though, before I really kind of ask your questions on what do you, you know, kind of what you want to see or maybe what are your closing thoughts to some extent. But so, Mr. John, for folks that have maybe been CCA members and are no longer CCA members and have just kind of fallen by the wayside of like, man, that organization is the, um, what would you tell them? You know, I mean, I, real simple. I mean, look at what we've done from a habitat standpoint. Mm-hmm. Look what we've done from the, the, the management of oysters, mm-hmm. uh, the creation of a mar- oyster mariculture program. Um, just simply look at the results. And I mean, how do you not, you know, doing up until 2020, the three years prior to 2020, we were doing about not about on average about nine hundred thousand dollars a year. And habitat work. Hmm. How? Yeah. I, I'll challenge you to show me another organization, another nonprofit, an organization of our type that does that. And I think, but I think that hire with social media may help get after that. Absolutely. And I think mainly because that information, that production, mm-hmm. isn't getting to the everyday CCA member. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, like I say, we talk about 2020 and pandemic and all that. And, Unfortunately, he he literally started January 2020, and we went through last year. Yeah. So uh, that's only going to get so much better. Mm-hmm. It's you know uh, he does a he's great background. Uh, he was a huge part of our uh, Kevin was a huge part of our uh, our Cash for the Coast those those Facebook Live events we were doing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he and he's he's learning our business as we go. I mean he obviously had a huge. Uh, uh, background in social media and he worked on some you know he was heavily involved with some political campaigns and stuff like that so he understand how understands how it works and he's done a great job at, at learning and continue to learn and grow uh how you know our organization works mm-hmm. you know early on shane and i and we still we we deal with kevin every single day if he's got something he it comes by you know shane and myself and, and uh, ted Benker, our national national guy uh, every day, you know, and there's times where we catch something. I say, well, hey, well, hang on, Kevin. Let's think about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, but it's going to be a, a great education tool, continue to grow. And, um, I'm looking forward to see it grow. I'm looking forward to see where the organization, you know, grows. I think the strength of any organization, like I said, we've, we've got a, um, uh, we've got a template that is very, very successful. Um, and at the same time, we've made little tweaks and, and turns along the way uh, to keep it going the right direction and make it that much better. Mm-hmm. And uh, this this free event's going to be one of those things that makes some tweaks and changes and keeps us going to a good good direction. Yeah. I'm interested to see you know what the outcome is with the CCA star. I think yeah. well, I think a lot of people is. are kind of sitting on their I hands am. on that. You one. Know, yeah. myself, I am. You know, so yeah. now. Um, again, last question I told you it was going to be was kind of your thoughts, uh, maybe some things that, you know, 
bones to pick or arrows to shoot or yeah. kudos to give, right? I, I mean, mean, it's really your call. You know, um, God, after living this last week, people just need to have patience with one another. Um, just because, um, <clears throat> excuse me, somebody says something that's not true or, good Lord, you, you see the person's name, send them a DM say, man, is that really right? Or, you know, where did y'all, it, quit making everything, a, I'm just going to say, quit making everything a pissing match. Mm-hmm. It's just really, it's, it's, and get, you know, above all, give one another some acknowledgement and praise when it's just right, rightfully deserved. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> Again, you know, at, at, at the end of the day, if you can walk up and look at that mirror at the end of that day and be happy with what you see and what, you, and what you've done that day, then you're in a good place. Yeah. Hey, face it, every one of us in some part of our life have walked in that mirror and go, God, I could have done that different. Or why, why in the world did that do that? I mean, I'm, I know I have, yeah. uh, you know, plenty, plenty of times. But, uh, my, that's that's all work together and let's let's make this resource make it make the resource first yeah. simply make the resource first and that's what i i put in my post fishery first man i mean if you can just put your fishery first this one year one year that's all i'm asking you to do it yep. then we may see impact two three years down the road yeah. and maybe reverse a trend and get it back to where not only is it currently world-class but listening to the you know stories from mr blackwood or the jay watkins in the yeah. years past maybe we can get back to that yeah you know I mean, it's like come on let's go you know and we've i mean there's there's been some great days in in, in recent times as well 100 percent, uh, yeah but and, and lastly is you want know, to take care of resources we, we you know also we, we really focus on the fish but let, you know let's take care take care of that habitat um and that includes you know, don't leave your junk laying around out in the water. You know, you, you pull a te- you know pull a rubber off that you've been catching fish on. It's tore up. Don't flip it in the water. Yeah. Put it in your pocket. Throw it away when you get to the boat and put it in the trash. You know, if you're walking on shoreline, you see something, pick it up. You know, see a bottle. You run across the bay and you see one or two bottles floating around. Uh, yeah, pick them up. Pick them up. Yeah. You know, you got. Coke cans, beer cans, whatever it is, laying in the bottom of your boat, and you're running 70 miles across the bay, those cans aren't going to stay in the boat. They're going to fly out. Yeah. That's probably the maddest I've ever seen, Rousey. Uh, pick your stuff up and, and put it up. Uh, just simply take care of everything. Cool. Well, thanks so much, uh, Mr. John. I really appreciate it. Um, really do, sir. Thank you uh, for being here and. I know we had to make a slight adjustment. We are now in Speckle Truth headquarters. <laughs> hey, I, in the uh, humble beginnings of my um, uh, spare bedroom. <laughs> in my hey, house. it's uh, <laughs> no, this is my kind of room. And, <laughs> hey, something, and I, and Chris, I'm gonna again keep doing what you're doing, and uh, man, everybody needs to thank your wife. She's, I know she gives up to allow you to do what you do. Everybody really, really needs to thank Jessica and your kids for that because. I know you have a huge heart for your family and you have a huge heart for the fishery. So just keep it up. Appreciate it, sir. Well, guys, thanks so much for listening to Speckle True Podcast. If you're still listening with us, again, show some love to our podcast sponsors, Mirror Lure, Texas Custom Lures, and the original Custom Corky, Down South Lures, 
Carbon Line, as well as Real Sportswear. Again, they make this show possible, and so I'd truly appreciate it if you could just show them some love, make a purchase, shoot them a message, whatever, whatever. Uh, just, again, show the love to those podcast sponsors. We really appreciate it, and we know they do too. So thanks again, Mr. John. And remember, guys, tight lines. God bless. And always remember, take what you need, release the rest. God bless.